And I said, that, that doesn't make sense to me. I said, I've really thought that this out and you may not see it, but I feel like I will be fundamentally more valuable to Omniture leaving the company than staying here. And I think I've proven that out over the years. I was able to go to a company and build out a world-class analytics platform uh, using their, their platform. Um, I was able to become a voice in the industry, which I don't know how to quantify the impact, but I'm sure it, it's been quite large. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. I'm cheating and I'm looking at the topic for today's um, nice session. I rarely do that. I usually go in, usually try to go in in cold, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's weird as with uh, through the pandemic, the holidays have been weird. We're creeping up on um, Halloween here and like just not in the mood, like. We're still trying to figure out what the kids are going to dress up as and if they even want to dress up. I was like, yeah. And I thought last year, I'm like, I've got the hair. I, I got to go Jesus this year, you know. That would be good. <laughs> Find a robe, you know, some sand. I've got some old Birkenstocks that would work great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just it's holidays. I don't know about you, but holidays have just been weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like we're kind of getting back into the swing of things with it. So... I have to finish my costume. Um, so we're, we're going Paw Patrol themed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The, you know, the two-year-old, yeah. uh, he's going to be the main character. I'm one of the adult characters. So Suzanne's dressing up. So I figured it'd be fun. You know, Chase, we'll, we'll... Marshall. Zuma, Sky, yeah. Yeah. Rubble. There, yes. you there you go. You're, you're more closer to it than I am. It was, <laughs> it was huge here a couple years ago. So I yes. still remember. So. I, I've caught myself humming the Paw Patrol <laughs> it's very it's very catchy yeah like i just i catch myself like <laughs> and i'll be doing it all day and it's like suzanne will be like are you, are you singing paw patrol, patrol? Yes, yeah you got a problem with that i mean don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's awesome but, but i'm telling you i joke with uh with some friends of mine i'm like they've got the 80s cartoon slash 25 minute toy commercial uh thing down to a science with that show oh yeah yeah they they have the uh framework to make that thing go yeah Yeah. yep well that'll be fun yeah that will be fun i've always wanted to like dress up the outside of the house and like every year I'm like, okay, next year I'm going to do it. And then it creeps up on me and it's like, next year I'm going to do it. And I never do it. But, um, I've got this, uh, waterfall out in front of my house. This like water feature. Um, is it still voice activated by the way? It is voice activated. Yeah. Uh, Alexa, turn on the waterfall. Yeah. 
it's uh it's still voice activated um but nice. one year one year i put a bunch of dry ice in it and it created this like spooky kind of you know foggy and i'm like that was really cool but it was expensive to keep it going so i thought i should just buy a fog machine kind of put it behind the waterfall and then have the fog kind of flow down the river and it would be a cool scene and then one year um cory spencer who was at adobe for a long time and really the kind of mind behind launch uh, i think he's over at all tricks now he um had this rear projection system in his front window where he hung up a white sheet and then he had this image projected on it of like this like killer stalking people in the house and you could just see the shadow projected on the curtain and then he had a soundtrack that went behind it it was so cool and i'm like if i could set something like that up get the fog machine rolling outside Anyway, I think what we've settled on doing is uh, we've got a storm drain right out in front of the house is we're going to tie a helium, red helium balloon to that and uh, have a mask of Pennywise uh, down inside the storm drain. Nice. Out through it. So I think I'll, I'll try to at least pull that off. Nice. That, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. That is that. I just am excited that I found out that uh, Tootsie Roll sells. Do you remember? So as a kid, and this will maybe date me, but it seems like these are coming back. One of my favorite candies was the flavored mini Tootsie Roll. I so, don't remember those. Oh, let me. I got to look it up now because uh, let's see. Mini flavors and it came in a variety pack um it was okay so chocolate no that's this isn't it is this it chocolate cherry grape no i don't remember that many flavors those are tootsie pops uh old time candy now i feel old cherry cherry uh orange lime uh i don't know what that one is and uh, vanilla hmm. and the vanilla was in this blue wrapper and my favorite thing to do was to find the houses that were giving those out they'd always usually give out a handful of them and then i'd get home and i'd throw everything out but the vanilla the vanilla mini tootsie rolls are amazing but you had to sort through all these like i don't want lime and gross but now i found out you can buy a bag of just the vanilla. Oh. I don't remember those. Yeah, you know, and I mean they could have been around. Probably the time. Too I just young. don't. I don't no, I'm not that much younger than you. All right, I'm gonna send you a link to a, the, what they look like. Uh, yeah, I just I, I just searched the, for them. Can I put this in the chat? Yeah, you see the like. Yeah, so it's the blue one, the vanilla one. Amazing. Anyway, I digress. I digress. I'm not uh, I'm not much of a candy fan, but I do like I do like licorice licorice and like gummy type of candies. And my six year old is having a meltdown about going to school. Anyway, now you're caught up to date. I'm 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 a little taken aback that these are labeled old time candy. I will I will really date myself here. So my grandparents' house, they lived two blocks off the main street in the city they lived in, and down at the corner was a, a gas station, a convenience store. 
And I remember walking down there and they had what seemed at the time as a, as a child, like this whole row of these uh, glass containers that each had different types of candies, like, you know, Sour Patch Kids and like little cherry balls and like different candies that were called one cent candies. Okay. Where each individual unit. So if you got 10 Sour Patch Kids, did you remember Sour Patch Kids? I do remember Sour Patch okay. Kids, yes. So if you got 10 Sour Patch Kids out of there, then it was 10 cents. Like each individual candy was a penny. Um, but the crazy thing was that would never fly today is like these bins were just like open. Like you would reach in and like, oh, grab like, you know, people putting their hands into each of these bins, thinking back on them, like, this is pretty gross, you know, but as a kid, man, I loved going to that store and just getting a bag and just mixing and matching because they were all a penny. So I'd make my own little, you know, variety pack of one cent candies. Nice. And the dog's barking in the background. That is crazy. This dog has like a, uh, what is it? A protection, a motherly instinct. Uh, so speaking of my dog, my dog, and she's, she's ain't better now. Uh, she went through phantom pregnancy, which I didn't, I didn't know was a thing. So she just came out of her first heat about six weeks ago. And she was just kind of moping around the house and crying and like acting like she was looking for something. Um, and now she's protecting the house from some intruder. Um, and then she, she adopted two of her favorite, her longtime favorite toys. She adopted them as babies. And so she would grab them in her mouth and carry them around the house, kind of crying, looking for the other babies. And then she'd find like, she'd make a little bed with like blankets or something and put her toy in the blanket. Interesting. I've never heard of it. And I'm like, what the heck is she doing? And finally, after talking to some people and looking at looking it up online, I discovered there's this thing where some dogs go through this thing called phantom pregnancy where they go through their heat, they think that they had a litter of puppies and now they can't they can't they find can't their find babies. Them. They can't Interesting. Find their babies. Yeah. So anyway, that's been fun. Anyway. She's crazy. Yeah. She is crazy. She's protecting you from the uh, from the Amazon delivery guy. Which 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 is a whole other topic about um, how much of a consumer I realized I am, where like one of the delivery trucks is stopping here at least every day of the week. Yeah, we're we're that that person on the block. I mean, five out of seven days a week we've got a package on the uh, on the on the front steps. Yeah, I am the same. Um, all right. So yeah, I don't have a segue again this week. So let's just go right into, right into our topic. Why people are actually tuning in and not just us, you know, BSing for, for 10 minutes so far. Right, right. Um, so I want to continue our, our discussion around the concept of writing for the brand. So we talked about it last week, you know, it, it, it's one of the tenets of, of the code of the West and this week, I want to dig into part of it being loyalty. And like, I mean, that that's really one of the core tenets of the concept of writing, writing for the brand. Um, and one of the things we talked about last week and we, we dug into when dissecting that concept is, yes, loyalty is involved, but it's not this blind loyalty. 
you know, not just being loyal to someone who cuts you a check. It's, it's being loyal to someone who respects the craft as you do and, and all of those details. Um, so as I was writing this up, I was starting to think, you know, what has happened to, to loyalty, um, loyalty of employee to employer, and then all the other way around employer to it, to employee, you know, it, when you look at the, the business world today, it feels like every relationship is, is one of convenience. Um, there's no loyalty beyond the idea of, well, what have you done for me lately? You know, it doesn't matter what you've done before, how much effort, time, value you've provided. What have you done for me lately? Um, so I want to talk about like real, genuine loyalty. And to kick us off, I thought I'd start with a story. And yeah, the, my parents have told me this multiple times. Like when my dad first, my, my dad's been retired eight years now. But when my dad first started working, he was, um, he was uh, a machinist by trade. And ultimately got to the point where when he retired, he was running the machine shop floor. But when he started with this company, um, it was, it was run, it was owned. It was privately owned. It, it's when he retired, it was a major conglomerate or part of a major conglomerate. But when he had started, it was privately owned. The owner was, was present and not just kind of like in his office overlooking things, but like present on the floor um, my mom talks about how not only did he make an effort to know all of his employees, he knew stuff about them. He knew their spouses' names, you know, at times even their children's names, things like that. So he could at least greet them. And there's that feeling of, of a, a, a personal nature to the relationship. It wasn't just one of, of monetary exchange, one of, of convenience. And you know, it, for the most part, like that, that feeling is gone. And, and I know it, it, and that's also not easy. That's the one thing that makes it worthwhile is, is taking that level of effort to, to, to care for your employees or, you know, or, or those you work with knowing those, those kinds of details. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's quite hard, especially depending upon the size of the company, the size of your team and whatnot. So, when I think of loyalty, I think of that story that my dad has told me about, you know, the way things were when he started working and then the way things were when he retired. Yeah. And so there is a lot to unpack here and hold on. I'm going to let the dog in. Apparently I'm the only one here and she's freaking out that she was left behind. And hopefully she will be good. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's so many directions that, that we can take this and that for one, it's a, it's a, it's a different, it's just a different era, right? It's a, it's a different mindset. Um, and that, that era where you worked for one company and you retired and you got the gold watch and, um, you, the pension, it just, it just is very, is out of, out of, uh, favor, right? It just doesn't really exist. And sure there are. There are pockets where it exists here and there, but it just doesn't really exist anymore. The problem is, is that um, from a management perspective, we've kept that mindset. In hey, you're home? Where did everyone else go? Um, oh, okay. Okay. Apparently, apparently there is still 
wife. We have a surprise guest today. We have a surprise guest. Um, But the problem is, is that from a management perspective, um, we haven't let go of that thought. Like we know that it's transient yet from a management perspective, we don't, we don't, we don't accept that it's transient and it's created this really weird dynamic. And so I think we just have to accept that, you know, employees just don't work for the same company for 40 years and retire. And we have to change our mindset and how we view things and how we uh, curate those relationships. So that, that is number one. Number two, I think a huge problem in that shift as we're talking about loyalty is loyalty has shifted to Wall Street. And so it's when our loyalty is to Wall Street, it's really difficult for an employee to be loyal to a company and for a company to be loyal to and the employee because their vested interest is, is elsewhere. And again, I think it's, it's difficult for us to admit that that is a, a very true reality of the world we live in. And if we can't admit it, we can't address the impacts of what that has because if you think back to your dad's generation, your grandpa's generation, it was a different world and a different mindset, right? And when 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 you had a business and you had employees, you thought of them as family, right? And and now that notion gets attacked and people call it toxic. But if you go back and watch, you know, movies from the 50s or 60s and there's an employment component to it, there's a this whole concept that it's a family and you treat them like a family. I watched my my grandpa. So my grandpa, for most of his career, worked as an industrial engineer in a U.S. steel mill. Um, but um, on the side, and then after he retired, um, he opened up a gift shop. It was a, a Hallmark um, shop. Um, and he had three employees. And I watched him treat every one of those employees like they were part of his family. Right. And if an employee had, you know, a family member, so they were sick or like I would watch him like, treat them and take care of that. And it's like, OK, like this is how families operate. And, and it was just this amazing thing to see. We don't have that anymore because we've made everything transactional. And again, our loyalty isn't to the employer or the employee. It's to, to Wall Street. And so I think it's 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 very difficult to ask for that loyalty when that loyalty lies elsewhere. And I'm kind of spinning around in circles around this topic, but I think that that's really where the challenge lies. And it's an, it's an interesting conversation that this is our topic today because on Twitter um, I spun up a conversation yesterday asking about, you know, who is the best boss that you ever worked for? And so much of the feedback was centered around like this humanistic component you know, I had this boss that like cared as me as a human, like they knew like days I was struggling and how to address it. And, you know, I had a family member die and my boss like flew out to the funeral and I didn't even know he was going to show up. And it just meant so much to me. It's like, you know, those things that should just be commonplace because that's how humans treat each other are what now defines a great boss because we've removed that human component from the relationship. You made me think of something because, you know, you started off the conversation talking about, how like holidays are, you know, you're kind of out of sync with the holidays right now because of, because of the pandemic. And then you mentioned loyalty moving to, to wall street. I have, and this could just be kind of a, a bias that I'm seeing based on people I talk to, but I get the feeling that, and it ties into what we're talking about here. People are starting to realize that like their employment is no, 
they were getting lip service from their company where you see people like when the minute the pandemic hit, they, you know, people, uh, a lot of the employees were the first ones to go. And I, you know, I just, I feel, I get this feeling and it's not one single thing I can point to, but there is, I feel that there is this movement to move away and maybe it's small, maybe it's a bit more underground to move back more toward like the small privately owned companies and the move away from, from the conglomerates. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, are the conglomerates going away anytime soon? Is Amazon going away? No. Is Apple going away? No. Is Disney going away? No. And that's what I'm saying. It could just be a bias on my side based on some of the, the information I'm consuming, but I've kind of gotten this feeling and it may just be small at the, at the moment. And part of it could just be my desire to like this movement back to like the small privately owned businesses where, you know, like you have people that are working together, you know, mastering a craft and not necessarily just going into punch a time clock. I, I agree in theory. Uh, I think what's, what's left to be seen is are people going to do well we need to we need to evaluate this based on what people do and not based on what people say and the the reason i bring that up and again i i find the the timing of this topic so so interesting because there have been so many conversations i've been having this week that are pinpointed exactly around this topic um so i'll share a story the other day i was talking with a a good friend of mine who uh, runs a large analytics team for um uh, an analytics consultancy, uh, who we share a lot of the same thoughts and beliefs about running a business and doing it a different way and being more humanistic and focused as treating people like a, a mom, you know, as you would as a, from a mom and pop employer. And he was really despondent. And he said, you know, in the height of the pandemic, all these big consultancies that are competitors of ours, they, they let all these people go. You know, they, they trimmed the fat, quote unquote, they just, they just gutted their, their team so that their um, numbers could look good because their numbers were down. Right. And, and I was wondering this myself, I'm like, how are all these consultancies doing so great when we're seeing all these major brands pulling back spend? Well, now we see what they were, their great was, you know, they were manipulating the books. They were letting all these people go as their customers were trimming back their their services and he said we didn't do that you know we we put everything into like keeping our team intact helping float through a challenging time as we did as well um and he's like you know i felt it was the right thing to do i felt like that an employer that really cared about their team would would sacrifice and struggle through this time to take care of the team when all of our competitors didn't like they cut staff you know if it, if it made the books a lot better, you go, you know, people have to go. He's like, but now like my team isn't paying me back because now that the money's starting to flow back into these bigger competitors, they're coming around and throwing a few extra dollars at my team and they're going. And so the reason why I'm skeptical is because over the years I've heard from countless people that have said, Jason, you know, I am so sick of working for this type of company. I'm constantly traveling. I don't have time to spend with my kids. I'm stressed out. I'm burnt out. You know, I, I just can't do it anymore. 
I'm like, you know what? There's other, there's another avenue out there. You can find more of a mom and pop boutique agency. The pay is really good, but it's not going to be maxed out like you're at your current employer. And then, and 99 times out of a hundred in these conversations, they said, I want that. And I want everything my current employer is giving me. And I want to be really careful with this conversation, not to say that it's like you have to exchange one thing for another, that you have to like not get paid. I'm not saying that at all. Um, But I am saying that there is a price you have to pay oftentimes for those high, high end salaries. And that is you become a slave to that master. And if they need you to work 90 hours a week, damn it, you're going to work 90 hours a week. They need you to get on a plane in two hours from now and spend two weeks you know, somewhere else, you're going to do it. And that's the price you pay. And if you're willing to make that exchange, then awesome. Enjoy it. But if you have a problem with that and you know, there's another solution out there, but you know, okay, maybe, maybe instead of making $10, I'm making $9 and 90 cents and you're not willing to give up that 10 cents. That's on you, man. And, and so that's why I'm skeptical because I've heard from lots and lots of people that they're tired of the corporate system. They're tired of the way it's always been. They want a different way of doing business. They want a different lifestyle. But when it comes down to actually doing that, they're unwilling to give up the, quote, comforts of that lifestyle. It's this weird, toxic relationship they have with a, a bad employer that they know is bad for them, but they can't let it go. It's this abusive relationship that they can't walk away from, right? Like think about the abusive relationship of like, he treats you like crap. Yeah, but then he took me out to this really fancy steak dinner. So I really love him. What? No, that's not how any of this works. I have so many thoughts on that because a lot of that revolves and, you know, to get really, really personal here, it revolves around a lot of the conversations my wife and I have had over over the last year um as you know a- after the, the the birth of our son you know we, we started talking about like what would it look like um you know if if she were to to take a leave of absence for a few years so one we could just enjoy this time um but also you know so we're not constantly running and as you know we started looking at at our budget it became apparent we could do it. Now there were some comforts we had to, to, to get rid of. And I mean, there were hard decisions. And one of the things we came to is, is we said, we'll always have the money for what we need, but maybe not everything that we want, because you know, those things we want aren't always the things that you, you need. And, and yeah, I think it's maybe not, you know, you, you bring up a good point, like a toxic relationship with an employer, but it's also, you know, I'm going to say it because we, we, I personally went through this the last year, really trying to, you know, my wife and I working really, really hard that both of us didn't have to work and where, where do we trim our, our personal budget? And like, we had tough conversations with, with, with some family over some things that we're like, no, we can't contribute to, to that anymore. And I'm getting way, way too, too off topic here, but it just, it, it kind of brought back some of those, those conversations of the last year of like, what, what's more worthwhile. We did, we had to make a, a, a judgment call. What's more worthwhile being extra comfortable with a lot of money, which we're still going to be chasing things or 
being able to maybe slow down a bit in life and actually enjoy it because only one of us has to work. Yeah. And it, and it isn't too far off topic because it is, is a conversation that everyone needs to, to have as we think about this. And I think, unfortunately, uh, we were, we were taught to use one single metric to value our growth and worth as employees. And that is our salary. And, and unfortunately, employment or fortunately, employment and compensation is so much more complex than just salary. And, and because we've chosen that singular metric, it's been hard to value anything else above and beyond that. And, um, you know, one of the greatest blessings for me was taking a massive pay cut, leaving Omniture and going to Spark Networks. It taught me that there was more to value than just the dollar amount on my, my paycheck. And it's a complicated calculation to make because yes, it's pay. Um, but how much, when is enough enough? And when does that help us start to value other things? So sure there's pay sure. Oh, there's time off, time off policies, uh, healthcare costs, um, equity, stock options, uh, learning opportunities, growth, network expansion. Like when you think about compensation and the value you're getting back from a company, it is so much more complicated than just the number on your paycheck. But we use the number on the paycheck to define our self-worth and to compare ourselves against others. Well, so-and-so is making this much money and I'm making less, so I'm not as good as them. That's stupid. You have no idea what situation they're in. Maybe they're working 80 hours a week and you're working 20. Does it still make sense to compare dollar for dollar? You know, you're in an amazing situation where you have autonomy, you have freedom of movement, you can define your own schedule. They're working 90 hours a week and they're told every Monday where they're going to fly to and spend the week and they can't dictate anything. Is it still make sense for you to compare dollar to dollar what you're making? No, that's stupid. And so I think we need to get to a point where we get over this like ego where we're using the dollar amount on our paycheck to define our self-worth because it is so much more complicated than that. And, and until we can get to that point, then we are going to be in this point where there's going to be this um, very loose, quote, loyalty between companies and employees. Because if, if Jim, all you do is you value yourself by the dollar amount on your 33, six paycheck, I guarantee you there's a hundred companies that would throw 10 more dollars at you. And if that's all you valued, you'd be gone in an instant. Right. And, and no one can get into a bidding game where they can out like someone that's going to have billions of dollars. Ultimately you're going to get to Apple or Google or someone that's willing to outbid everyone else. If that's what you value, there can never be really any loyalty. No, because then you know it, it gets back to what we, were, we we started to touch on last week is is loyalty to to the highest bidder. And another analogy, you, you brought up the you know the abusive relationship, and you know oh you know yeah he he he's not good for me, but yeah he took me out to dinner, so I'm going to stick this through kind of thing. It's 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 also the same thing like again when it comes to relationship it's you know once a cheater always a cheater kind of thing and you know kind of being loyal to the highest bidder 
there's it's it's a total relationship of convenience where it's like you know oh yeah 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 he cheated on his last girlfriend with me but he's not going to cheat on me no same thing well on the employee side okay yeah i was able to outbid somebody else to bring them in they're only as loyal as, as long as i'm the highest bidder and the same thing on the employee side it's it's like hey you know yeah it they they threw money at me to get me here do they truly value me or do they think, Oh, I could just throw money at somebody else to bring them in a replacement. Does that make sense? It, it, it does. And, and the, and the counter argument to this is I guarantee there are people listening or like, well, just pay your people more money. It's like, well, that that's a different conversation. These things are not mutually e- exclusive. Um, the more healthy part of the conversation is recognizing your employees and their contribution financially but also knowing there's so much more that goes into that conversation. But again, unless both sides are willing to recognize that there's value to the entire package, then this is a completely moot point because there will always be something you can continually throw money at your employees, but there will always be someone that will be willing to throw more. So if your only goal is to chase the money, there's never going to be any loyalty. There's never going to be any stability. And honestly, both sides are going to be incredibly incredibly unhappy in that in that process so i think that's a big part of the conversation um another part of it that we started out um the podcast talking about was this sense that we don't really have like the golden watch retirement ceremony anymore. and i think it's important to recognize that it's not necessarily a failure when people leave your team or leave your company even Um, that as long as you're giving employees what they need in that moment and you're constantly investing in them to grow and become more valuable, you shouldn't keep them down from a sense of loyalty, right? I think there's this fake loyalty from a company perspective saying, I have to keep this person on my team. They can never leave. Um, I think it's an incredibly dangerous perspective. Rather than seeing loyalty as this impermanent relationship to me i think loyalty is more between people and that can transcend teams that can transcend companies you know we've seen it firsthand we had john who left and it would have been very easy for me to feel offended and upset and as a failure and for us to try to like force him to stay but we 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 are loyal to john we're not loyal to 33 six employee john and, and when he left, we verbalized that. Look, it's like, look, we're loyal to you. That loyalty doesn't change based on this legal arrangement that we have. And we supported him in going to work for another company and continued to be a huge advocate of him. And then it paid off. He learned a ton and came back. Um, I think about the same scenario for myself back when I was at, at Omniture and I decided to leave. One of the executives in the company said, um, it doesn't matter what we talk about, but the only solution that we can come to is that you're going to stay here. And I said, that that doesn't make sense to me. I said, I've really thought that this out and you may not see it, but I feel like I will be fundamentally more valuable to Omniture leaving the company than staying here. And I think I've proven that out over the years. I was able to go to a company and build out a world-class analytics platform uh, using their, their platform. Um, I was able to become a voice in the industry, which I don't know how to quantify the impact, but I'm sure it, it's been quite large. And I, and I think we should feel comfortable with that as saying, you know, it's not a separation that Jason and Omniture now hate each other and, and, and we have no loyalty. No, 
I still had a tremendous amount and still have a tremendous amount of loyalty to that brand for what they invested in me. And that transcends our employment. And I think that it's a very real shift that we need to look at. We need to get out of this mindset that we're going to have this gold watch ceremony 50 years from now. And if we don't, then people aren't loyal to each other. No, the loyalty is between people, not between entities. Yeah, that's a great, great, great perspective. Um, and it does, it gives you a lot to think about as far as, um, uh, I like the concept of, you know, being loyal to the person because at a client, we actually just saw the same thing. Someone had left. And I mean, within five weeks, six weeks, they're, they're actually, they're coming back very, very quickly. Things didn't, didn't work out where they were, where, where they went and they came right back and they were welcomed with, with open arms um so it's it, it, it's really cool to see when that happens yeah and and again it goes back to your point of like this different way of doing business back when you know mom and pop treating employees like like family if they're family it doesn't matter where they go into the world they're still your family you know they may live next door or they may live around the world just because they've moved somewhere doesn't mean they stop being family and and again i've been we've been attacked for taking this this viewpoint but I, I feel like it is the right way to view things that it's, it's not about employees as um, components in a system. It's about, these are real people and um, we shouldn't, the loyalty should, should be there. And while you're part of the company, yeah, you're writing for that brand. And we had that topic of, of, of a previous show, but in speaking about loyalty, the loyalty really is to the, the person. And, you know, to think that loyalty is defined by a legal relationship is just to destroy the concept of loyalty. That's saying, well, I'm only going to be loyal to you as long as you're an employee here. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that, right? Like if I truly appreciate you and invest in you and care about Jim, it shouldn't matter where you are. That, that the fact that you, you know, do something else or go somewhere else shouldn't destroy that loyalty and vice versa, right? From the employee back to the company perspective, you know, just because that relationship is severed now, all of a sudden, now I hate the company. Now I don't want the company to be successful. You know, the, the, the best opportunities of people leaving companies is to not view it as being disloyal, but seeing as an opportunity to sow that loyalty on a, on a broader stage, right. And go out and talk about, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I'm still a huge fan of this, you know, company or, and we see it in sports uh, every now and then where you see someone go to another team and, and it's, it's, there's still a, a level of support for it. I, I don't, you probably not, you don't follow soccer as much as I do, I don't um, know. but maybe there's something similar in hockey. Uh, which I know you're a big fan of, uh, and baseball. But in, in soccer, there's this really cool concept of respect for the teams that you played on before. Again, because it's not that just because you leave now, all of a sudden you're enemies or that loyalty is broken. That's still part of who you are. That's still part of your history. And one of the beautiful things about soccer with a lot of players is that loyalty remains intact. And I'll send you a video after this, but one of the unwritten rules to show the respect of that loyalty is that you don't celebrate against your previous team. So if you come and you score a goal against your old club, there's no big celebrations. It's very, you know, almost apologetic that you scored against them. 
as a sign of respect and loyalty for that previous relationship that is still part of who you are and is part of where you're at today. Yeah. And I mean, like I, I know in the NHL, most teams, if not all, when say a long time player moves on either free agency trade or whatever, when they come back, there's, you know, typically a few minute tribute, you know, they'll, they'll show highlights, the, the crowd cheers, um, and, and, and whatnot. It's like, kind of like a, Hey, thanks for the memories, but you know, and, and good luck. Now I can't say there's the unwritten rule of, you know, not celebrating when you, when you score a goal against your rival team. And, you know, there's a bit of a rivalry there too. You know, you'll see some ribbing going back and forth. And, it, and honestly, sometimes it depends upon how the relationship or the, the employment ended. Um, like For if sure. there was, sure. if it was like a bitter divorce, it might For not sure. be as, as much, but, um, but yeah, like there, there, there is, I think in, in a lot of sports, there is that level of sportsmanship where they acknowledge the, the time spent. Um, and, but then there's also a bit of the rivalry, like, you know, I'm going to show you why you probably should have kept me. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely plays, plays into it. Um, and not to say that you're not trying your hardest to defeat your opponent in, in the moment, but when the whistle blows, when the deal is done, we're all still people, right? And and you love to see it in sports where, especially hockey, I love the I love the line after big hockey games where you know there's a mutual show of of respect that like we can we can fight it out on the ice for three periods and go at it, but at the end, you know, we respect each other as people, as competitors, and as part of a fraternity that that bonds us together, and that's where that loyalty runs lies you know we want to beat each other but at the end we respect the hell out of each other and we're going to show that that respect to me i i, I love those those moments and i it, there's such a parallel with with business that i think we can learn from is that when you're playing for the team and you have that team's logo on them you go all out for that team to get a victory um but that doesn't mean that when you move on that 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 human bond is broken. And you see it so many times when players go back to old clubs They're when they do it right, they're often celebrated. You know, I think, and there's a few moments in hockey where I've remembered it, where a long time player has moved on and then come back and, and really have been embraced and they, you know, really love what and appreciate the time they spent there. That's that humanistic element. It's like, you know, yes, you know, you're writing for a different brand now and we, we appreciate you writing for that brand, but the loyalty isn't between brands it's between humans yeah the, um and and i've actually cheered like for, for other teams to win the stanley cup when my team is not playing um and i remember the, there was the the defenseman uh chemo team and then the flyers picked him up he played six or seven years here and then um near the end of like one of his last years he was out for most of the season with blood clots and then toward the trade deadline, he got the all clear to play and the Flyers were out of the playoffs. So they traded him because he had never won the championship. They traded him to the Chicago Blackhawks, who had a good chance. And like this entire city, you know, was rooting for the Chicago Blackhawks to win to see him win. Um, or at least a lot of the Flyers fans I know were cheering for the Chicago Blackhawks to say, like, yeah, you 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 worked your ass off here. It's a shame you didn't win it here, but you're going to, you know, we know you're going to be retiring after the season. So like, we're hoping you win it. And I, and I think that's the beauty of this, this conversation. And it kind of wraps everything together that 
you know, while you have that sweater on, while you have that brand on your, your, your Jersey, your uniform, that you're fiercely loyal to that, that brand, but loyalty in general transcends that and it transcends the game. And, and, and that's where I think we have a really good opportunity to shift the business landscape, but because that hasn't been the case, like loyalty has been between entities instead of humans. And I mean, the best story in, I know of in hockey for at least the last 30 years of that happening is Ray Bork, defense, longtime defenseman for the Boston Bruins. He played every year, you know, every year of his career, except a year and a half with the Boston Bruins. And at this point, the Bruins, like they, they were in the doldrums for, for, for a period of time. And he was nearing retirement. They knew he was going to retire and they traded him to the Colorado avalanche, you know, with the hope of go win one and the, the avalanche lost in the playoffs. So some of their key players like, dude, come back one more year. We're going to win it. Come back one more year. And he's like, okay, I'll come back. And that was like kind of their mantra was win it for him. He is not, you know, he just got traded here last year, but we know what he's done in this league. We got to help him win one before he retires. And his last game was when the Colorado avalanche, like, I, I watched that clip and like that sportsmanship at its finest. Yeah. Because there's, you know, you want to talk about traditions in sports when, when a team wins the Stanley cup, the team's captain, which is a defined role is the player that goes over and receives the, the cup from the commissioner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, and then of course there's like a, a line down that down there. Well, they won. Joe Sackick went and grabbed it and told Ray Bork, you come over first. And he was the first one to lift mm-hmm. it. You know, and it's like that, the, like that fraternity, that, that brotherhood of, of a craft of, of playing a sport like that at a, at a high level. You know, this is someone who, you know, in, in movies, when they talk about sports, the, the, the newcomer is, is often ostracized. You know, this was something where it's like, yeah, you haven't been here through all the battles with us, but we know what else you've done. And we're going to help you win. Yeah. No, it's, it's so awesome. And we could probably spin up a whole series on the, the lessons from sports that we can learn that we can use in, in, in business, but from this concept of, of loyalty, it's, it's something that so many sports organizations do so well. And so many business organizations do so poorly, you know, and we've seen it in our own little um, center of the, or our own little corner of the, the universe in that, in this desire to be fiercely loyal to the brand, which again, that's great. Like we want to give our all to the brand, but when the game is over, we're still humans. And, and unfortunately I've seen that sense of loyalty, which we can argue whether it's real or not, force humans to be really bad to each other. And and that's what I love the most about sports. And I, people think I'm weird. And I had this conversation on Twitter the other day. I said, it, it, it makes me sad when broadcasts break away from the end of games because it's, it's one of my most favorite parts of any sporting event is after the final whistle. Watching the players from the opposing teams interact with each other, I love that so much because it, it shows the humanistic element, again, that we can – we can fight to win the same account. We can be fiercely loyal for each of our brands and we think we do it better. But at the end of the day, um, we're, we're human and, um, we can, we can still want to win, but 
at the final whistle, we're still humans and we still love and appreciate each other as humans. And being able to see that mutual respect, I think is something that is, is so sorely missing from business. And, you know, I've seen friendships destroyed by people going to one brand or another. You can be loyal to the brand. You can ride for the brand and still have loyalty to humans and be good to humans. And, and that's something I think we really need to think about. Yeah. And I think that is a great spot to end it on. Awesome. So this has been really fun. And I just pulled up that clip. I'm going to send it to you. Do it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. So cool. You know, let's go ahead and wrap up there and we will catch everybody later. All right. Sounds good. See you. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.